Yes, we're being shaken, but because of the presence of the Lord, we can thrive even in these difficult times that we find ourselves in. Faith is going to push out that fear and you don't have to have fear because you have the spirit of God. You got the power to help you to make it through this crisis. What's up family? I am Pastor Jay, the associate pastor of preaching and teaching at Easter Star Church here in Indianapolis, Indiana. And I'm here with my good friend, Percy Bland. What's good? He is our youth pastor here at Easter Star Church. And as you see, I've got some geniuses here with me uh, as we try to make sense of the crisis that has taken place in our nation and in our world today. Uh, With COVID-19, we see not just the virus, but the effects of the virus and how it's had affected our our churches, our families, our community, and and this world. And so we want to talk about briefly uh, what this means for us as the body of Christ uh, in this current state. And of course, moving forward, what does this look like for the future of our church? And will this affect our future or will things go back to normal? And we will have that discussion here today. And as you see, I have a panel of uh, geniuses with me. Uh, I have my good friend, Jeff Brown from College Park. I have Hazel Owens. She is a member here at Eastern Star Church, uh, but she is doing uh, her internship and serving uh, ministry at Common Ground. Yes. And then I have my homie, Dr. Dr. Mark Johnson. Reverend Dr. Help me out again. Cross Point. Church. Cross Point. Yeah, that's what I'm I was trying to figure out the names of the churches. All of them start with C. It's confusing. Right? It's confusing. It's a little confusing. Uh, that's, that's how I was pausing at some of these introductions. Um, We're gonna just collectively refer to y'all as C3. This is gonna get awful explosive. That's good. That's, that's nice. That's good. Uh, but I, I wanted to I wanted to invite these people on just to kind of share some insight and some mm. perspective. Um, as we all are trying to make sense of this, uh, what we're going, what we're going through right now, and um, we all are in shock. All of us yeah, um, can testify to that. Um, that has been some shock for us yeah. personally going through it, and then as, of course as leaders of our community and leaders in the church, yeah, sure. on uh, and dealing with people firsthand on mm-hmm. how do we make sense of this? What is God up to? Is God? You know, is, is this God's fault? Is God is God really in control? All of these questions about faith and theology and how we make sense of all this stuff. And so I feel like it's important for us to kind of spend some time in dealing with these questions. And so I just want to ask from the start, like when y'all found out about all that's going on and it kind of just, you know, progressively gotten to where we are now where mm-hmm. cities are shut down, grocery stores are, you know, the, basically the grocery stores are the only thing that are open right now. Um, you know, the bars, the restaurants, all these things have been shut down, travel bans, all this stuff. Yeah. When, you, when you found out about, you know, what was going on, when did it become real for you? Yeah. You know, when did it become like, oh my God, like, this is some, this is some crazy stuff we're in yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah, that's real. I mean, for me, it was the NBA, right? The yeah, NBA for season. sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. I mean, it was like, it's like, oh, this is real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for real. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think for me, that's, I mean, that's what it was because again, it just impacted, um, maybe a comfort zone, right? It impact it impeded on something that I go to for comfort and yeah. relaxation. And it was like, it's one thing to not go to work or to be home from school, but then mm-hmm. you expect to be able to watch, you know, LeBron or, or yeah. you know, just watch the, the games come on. And when they don't, they don't come on, you, you home doing nothing. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, man, this is, this is a little different. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's when it kind of, 
hmm. became a reality when it started to hit like yeah. things that, that make us comfortable. Yeah, man. I think for me, one of the things, NBA hit me hard too, though, bro. Yeah. But like seeing the anxiety that it put into other people, like that's when it meant, it got real for me. Like I, yeah. it was a joke at first. Like it was sure. a joke. We joking around, that Rona, don't get that Rona. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, but then like when I would talk to people and I would actually hear legitimate fears from family members or friends. And I'm like, man, like, and I'm a jokey guy, but it's like, all right, I got to be serious now, man. Mm -hmm. How can I comfort some of these anxieties? Because a lot of people are freaking out. Like sure. even if... They say somebody in my age bracket is not really as affected, but right. then I think like my mom or like my aunties and them, like when they start getting fearful, I'm like, man, this is it's hitting home closer than you think. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think that's what really put on my radar, bro. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's I know for me definitely. I were, I was in, in my intensive, and class just ended. And I got word that the NBA shut down. I'm like, yo, like this is like, <laughs> you, that was coronavirus. <laughs> now what is this? Now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> let me go Google this. What did shut down the league? Shut down the league right <laughs> now. And uh, I mean, I can yeah. attest like that was my go-to to yeah. like calm down and relax yeah. after That's I true. get home from work. And uh, you know, my my family and I would just sit down and watch the NBA. And so now that now that these things have been shut down, and now that things you know, have gotten real. Now the kids out of school, now we working from home. And so now it's like, okay, it has to settle in the reality of it yeah. in order for us to kind of move forward and to navigate. So Hazel, I want to bring you in on this piece because I yeah. know you're doing your work in, in the therapy yeah. and counseling. So talk about the mental illness side of this, the trauma, yeah. the anxiety, the shock. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, first, you know, for, for myself, like many of you, it was just kind of like, oh, okay, you know, whatever. I don't even watch the NBA, but when that <laughs> happened, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, this is yeah. this is real. Right. And mm -hmm. um, I work at you know at a counseling center as a marriage and family therapist intern, and so building through the calls and talking to my own clients, um, talking to other colleagues, mm -hmm. um, it hit me then that this thing would hit us mentally and emotionally before it ever touches us physically. Thanks. And so um, at that point, my mind shifted from my own shock and disappointment to that of the uh, individuals that I serve. And so, yeah, I mean, if a person already has uh, issues with anxiety or worry, uh, this intensifies it. If someone right. um, does have some sort of trauma that this could trigger, uh, you have people who are doing everything that they can to gain that control back mm -hmm. and it's a natural response Absolutely. so you have the hysteria you have the hoarding you have um the in, in some what some would say overreactions but mm -hmm. really it's a normal reaction mm -hmm. when it, everything in you wants to control the situation yeah, yeah. but you can't because there is a normal reaction because there's no normal reaction to before. this yeah, right? no yeah. one has seen this before and so mm. um yeah, it's 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 a shock factor, and I think for some it does start with denial too. So right. take anxiety out of it, take um, depression out of it. Uh, there's a, a level of denial that's associated with grief. Mm -hmm, sure. So Mark, you talked about that NBA is being a comfort for you when you would go home. Well, think about those who do other things for comfort, right? Mm -hmm. In addition to that, they're losing something. Right. And so there's denial, wow. there's anger, there's confusion. And so there's a grieving process that I think our world is going through right now. Yeah, yeah. and I, I would add to that, 
because you hit it right on, really. I think we're see, really seeing people grieve. Um, mm -hmm. I think we got a foretaste of that with the whole death of Kobe Bryant, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was kind of a time where you, I, I think it was kind of unprecedented where you could really see the world in many regards grieve at one time. And for this to kind of come right on the heels of that, um, and then, like you're talking about, for it to go and affect the NBA, then it was really like, okay, wait a minute, what's going on? You know, yeah. and you start saw from there start to affect every single market to the point where it came home to people, yeah. to the point where kids, you know, was out of school. Yeah. So I think that, um, yeah. I mean, to your initial question, when did it get real? I think that's what we're seeing. It's still getting real. Yeah. And it's yeah. getting yeah. more and more real. And that's where some of this anxiety is like, wait a minute, where is this going? You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we've had, we've had viruses, right? We've had, mm -hmm. you know, you hear them talk about H1N1, pig flu, some of these other ones. Ebola was not too long ago. But on this scale, with travel yeah. being yeah. so quick these days, it's just like the massive, you know, for, for it to be that quickly declared a pandemic, right. it was just like that was cute for everybody's cue yeah. to panic right and there's sure. no to your point there's no easing your way into this right, right? that's right you know what i mean and that's the thing about grief that's the thing about even anxiety i mean you can't most people can't really control it um especially if they already have a history with issues with it right um and so now you have folks who probably have been you know, just kind of easy kill and, and chilling and, and now they having to worry about things that they've never had to worry about For sure. before. Yep. And it doesn't make it, so. it doesn't make things even, it doesn't make things better when, you know, we've kind of been bombarded with all this information. You know, yeah, I mean, one, exactly. on one end, it's important to be updated about what's yep. going on, the updates and all these things. But then on the other end, it's just like, everybody is talking about the virus. Wow, right in your face well, all like, day, every no day. There's no other form of news there's nothing else to talk about besides folk getting sick and dying yeah. well i think even with like what was the h1n1 and all those yeah what was that 10 years ago or so yeah. like the biggest difference like social media is at an all-time right high. that's right like yeah. everything is we get notifications yeah. the other day i put a facebook post i was like idris got it black people about to go crazy like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like when you start seeing that way more and yeah. everybody has access to media on their phone sure. in their own hands like it's gonna get crazier from yeah. there from so next i mean so then so then the question becomes because one of the we got schools closing restaurants closing we got work you got work from home now you ain't got to go to work no more like so the other thing they closed was churches yeah, yeah. And that was uh oh thing. hold up doc now we done closed the doors of the church y'all told me the doors of the church were open. Always open. Yeah. i done, done closed the doors of the church yeah so then of course folks went completely crazy talking yeah, about social man. media and people yeah, like man, man the doors of the church should always be open we should always go to church we shouldn't yeah. allow the government stop us from going to church but the thing is what if you go to church and, and that creates danger for other Absolutely. people around you. Yeah. You get Absolutely. sick because yeah, you went to church. Now, what does that look like for the leadership? What does that look like for the pastor? And so now, because of social media, because <laughs> of technology and the internet, yeah. we now have an opportunity um, to, to meet the masses on a different level. Yeah. And so, of course, this brings up opportunities for some churches, hmm. challenges for other churches who may, not, who may not have the resources and the opportunity mm -hmm. to provide ministry online. Mm -hmm. So yeah. now the question becomes, what does it, what is the response of the church? Mm. How do we meet the needs of the people when the people can't come to the building? Yeah. What does this mean for the church? Yeah. That's good. Yeah, um, you know, a couple things that came to me when you were saying that I'm gonna answer that question, at least my perspective on it. Mm. Um, when people are already uh, filled with fear mm -hmm. that is caused by worry, caused by anxiety, or whatever the case may be, for many, 
church is their place of refuge, right? Right. So again, that's being taken away, yep. right? And so um, you'll have some really concrete thinking, black and white thinking that yeah. is either all or nothing mm-hmm. out of the name of fear. Right, for sure. Right? So then if, if church is closed, then where's the faith? Where's well, faith? no, you know, we have wisdom. And yeah, so yeah. it is wise to close the church. But, yeah. but to your point, there are, it does present opportunities for churches to do other forms of ministry. Um, I work at a church while we do have access to technology. Um, it's probably not as robust as some other churches. Right. And so in addition to the live streaming and things like that, we're creating call lists. So we're divvying up between the leadership. Um, who in our church would be really impacted? Who in our church don't have access to right. technology? Right. How can we still reach out to them? How can we still let them know that, hey, we're available, we're here? How can we be the hands and feet of Jesus in the neighborhood Facts. in which the yeah. church lives in or you know, sits in or what have you and still keep ourselves protected yeah. at the same time? And so um, yeah. it's just it stretches us all to think creatively absolutely and I think it's that has to be the point right when the church has always been intended to prepare Christians Mm -hmm. to do the work of the ministry right Right. Mm -hmm. it's almost like we forget in those moments that oh this is what we've been preparing for like this is the moment these are the moments exactly that we supposed to be waiting for and I I, I think that people it's so easy for uh, for the world to look at the church mm-hmm. and make judgments and accusations and say the church ought to be the church should be we was just joking about when country kitchen burned down right the church should be you know mm-hmm. all the pastors coming it's, so everybody always has an opinion about but the pastors and the ministers in the church our job is to prepare the people so that when moments like this arise mm-hmm. we truly see the body come alive sure. and you start yeah. to see the hands go to scratch the, you know, scratch the shoulder. You start to see the mouth start to encourage. And so I think expecting the members and even churches, various churches viewed as the collective body of Christ. Yeah. One church looking at another church like, why y'all ain't scratching? Why right. y'all ain't out here handing out food? Why y'all ain't? It's just like, bro, time out. You know, yeah. <laughs> every, you know, we, we each have a calling and we all have a part to play. Absolutely. And I think that's why these yeah. conversations are so critical yeah. for we say, yo, you know, Mark, what, what, what's, what's, what's Crosspoint doing, right? Mm-hmm. Yo, Jeff, what's, what's College Park doing? And that's what's happening in some of our strands. But I think that has to be the perspective, right? Mm-hmm. We collectively are the body of Christ. How can we come alive as the body uh, and do the work of, be it, of being his hands and feet? So I think, like, even looking at God's sovereignty on times like this, man, I think about the critic, you know, the critic, the person who's a non-believer mm-hmm. who wants nothing to do with the church, man. and they take time, I'm bashing the church. Exactly. Why y'all going over here giving y'all money to this church? Exactly. And why y'all going to these church? This false God and all this stuff. <laughs> but the reality is, it's like, like you said, man, the church is built on times like these. Yes, like, sir. this is acts. This is acts when the church thrived mm-hmm. the most. Mm-hmm. So even when I think about, like, money and even just your tithes and offering, like, don't get me wrong. I know that there's literally, you have false people everywhere. No, right. it's a church or it's a gang, whatever. People false claim. There's churches out here <laughs> and pastors out here who only want money for themselves. Like, that's right. reality. Sure. But here's the reality. That's not every church. That's right. Like, there's yeah. churches that literally have money for the, yeah, exactly, for the betterment of all people. Mm-hmm. Acts 2, it says that in the beginning of the church that whenever there was someone who had need, they took yeah. all their money and brought it to so the apostles the so they could well distribute it out where they need it. And this yeah. is what we've even seen now. Like, be talking to y'all, and I know even stuff that we're doing to college 
part. Like you're seeing the church say that, hey, if you need help, this is what we got our Absolutely. benevolent ministry for. This is Absolutely. we can reach out to you. This is why you yes, can sir. come and have someone help you if you need a meal or people that can protect and be there for the body right. in the time that's trying. Like Absolutely. That. Because right now it's a lot of fear that's going on. So Mark, how do we like, because yeah. you know, we talk about when there's fear, there's no faith. Yeah. So how do we continue if people ain't coming mm. to the church? We got we got the website, we got the streaming services, we got all these tools and, and, and things. How can we continue to grow our people's faith in the midst of all this fear? Yeah, I think that there's you said something earlier about like the doors of the church being open. And I think this is a critical time for us to redefine what doors are. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because we've we've primarily talked about doors as being us open for you to come in. Right. Yeah. Hmm. When yeah. we should have been talking about doors being open for us to go out. Yes, absolutely. And you've heard it in many benedictions said before that, you know, we go out to serve. Yeah. Right? Well, now, are, are we walking that out? Are we living that out? Yes, sir. Because ultimately, even if we look back at the first century church, what we'll see is the reason why people became a part of the followers of the way was because of the way that the community was available, the community of followers were available to those who were not followers. That's absolutely right. They may not have even known who Jesus was, but they knew that sister so-and-so's house was a place I could go if I needed some sugar or some flour, right? Or brother so-and-so's house is where I could go at to get um, some water, or they could look at my kids while I go out and do some work. And so now we have an opportunity to get back to that that Acts 2 model, that that church, and be that church in the community because um, faith come by hearing. Yes, sir. Right? And so uh, hearing by the word we, of God. We, we, get, we get an opportunity to not just, just hear it. And yeah. I think we've stuck there that's too good. long. But yeah, that's good. sometimes your, your, your words have to start getting feet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so whatever it is that they've been hearing, it's time for them to be able to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that's where belief comes yeah. in at. Nicholas, yeah. Nicholas uh, Nash is like this British scholar. And he talks about how um, when it comes to biblical interpretation, it's, it's like you said, it's not just about reading it. Because when you just grab a Bible mm-hmm. and you grab, uh, just say, a book of music, <laughs> what's the, I mean, they're both black print on white paper. Yeah. The mm-hmm. difference is when it's performed, mm-hmm. yeah. as if an actor is performing a script, or yes, as sir. if a musician is performing some music. That's and that's the only way in which there's power in the word is when that word is being lived out and expressed. Amen. And what better opportunity than now yeah. for the believers and the Christians That's and right. the followers of the way yeah. uh, to step out of these four walls and to step in the digital space and the virtual space and to make, as we check in on family members and friends and as we walk yeah. through the grocery store, um, speaking mm-hmm. uh, the words of Jesus and yes, being sir. the hands and feet of Jesus in a time such as this, because guess what? Um, the love of Jesus is just as contagious as the coronavirus. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and even on. though you may not be able to see the coronavirus, you yeah. can still catch it if you're in the wrong place. <laughs> and, uh, and so we got to ensure that um, we continue to prepare and, and equip our people yes, sir. Um, to make sure that they are the hands and feet of Jesus. And, 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 and in the midst of this, um, one of the opportunities that I see within the church is uh, redefining what ministry is, right? Mm-hmm. Like you talk about the mm-hmm. doors, redefining. What does it look like for somebody to be a member of your church who don't live in your city? Mm-hmm. Uh, what does it look like for the worship experience? Because good, now, man. you know, initially they said, 
Um, no, no gathering of 250 more. Then they lowered it down to 50. Then the next day it was 10. And now they're like, you can't even meet with one person. I was about to say, I was about I to have to move some of my right kids out. I was like, what are we going to do? This was recorded earlier. <laughs> <laughs> we knew it was going to be all profit. Right, right, right. <laughs> and, so, and, so, and so for me, I'm like, yo, so what does that mean for the worship experience? And people yeah, are just man. literally looking on their screens on their yeah. phone. Do we want do we want people to see our right, next coming up to the stage? We got somebody praying. All right, next is the praise team. All right, next is the welcome. Yeah. Like what is that? What does that look like for the worship experience? And so yeah. now, for me, this is a great opportunity for the church to be creative. Absolutely. The book of Genesis talks about God creating the heavens and the earth yes, while sir. it was dark. Mm-hmm. And these are some dark times for the church. Um, to step out on their creative abilities that we're made in the image of God. And so I wonder what God is up to, what God is creating in this time through his people, um, especially a part of of this younger generation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think he's he's created a platform. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's created a platform for one of the most creative generations Mm -hmm. to to actually use their talents and gifts in ways that we've never imagined. And it's now cut so much red tape that traditional churches and spaces have created that have held a creative generation back. Yes, sir. Well, right now, the, the floodgates are open. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's so many churches that's going to be looking for ways to be creative, to be able to connect, to be able to find a way to allow people to be generous who have the means so right. that they can continue to be benevolent to a community. Mm-hmm. Right. The red tape has, has been cut. Yes, And sir. I think that this has created yeah. a platform for the creative generation. Right before our eyes. And, and no, no, no rival rules of order, a bunch of meetings. Yeah. Like, yo, yeah. <laughs> what, what, so, so the question is, we in the situation now. Mm-hmm. We don't know, as, as Hazel was talking about, we don't know when this is going to end. That's right. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't know. So it's, 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 a, it's been a continuous process of, all right, this is closed. All right, y'all can't do this. And it just continues on. It gets worse every day. Mm-hmm. So the question is, what, what does this look like for the future of the church? We talk about now the opportunities that are opened up, the creative abilities that we mm-hmm. now have uh, to express. Uh, so what does this look like for the future of the church? And you've got to be honest, too, like, of course, what we producing and create right now, all this stuff gonna live online. Yeah. There's a generation of people that won't even see this. Absolutely yeah. right. You know what I mean? Right. Like as, as for Eastern Star Church, we are a multi-generational church. Yeah. So we got singer states that don't even know how to log in on Facebook. Absolutely. So how do we continue to ensure that every generation is accounted for when we move in yep. towards the future? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, I think it, it goes back again to what uh, Jeff was talking about looking at the way the early church, the first Christians mm-hmm. did things. Mm-hmm. I mean, my mom, bless her heart, she's trying her best on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But all she know how to do is post. Right. She don't know how to do nothing else. That's right. She just learned how to reply to comments. Right? <laughs> so and that took almost five years to get her to get her there. Bless her. To mm-hmm. to have her like see something and know how to log in to see it live, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, and, and a woman like her and of her generation, they don't want to deal with that. Right. I was shocked this today to see my aunt, who is older than my mom, do Facebook Live to catch Eastern Star's yeah. noonday service. I'm like, what? Okay. Right, right. But she, you know, so, so those, but you have those individuals who don't have that access, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So we got to think of ways to be like the early Christians. That's good. Do we somehow 
get out to their doorposts, <laughs> right? Exactly. Do we um, have calling lists? Because I guarantee you, they That's got good. landlines. Yeah. For sure, right? You know, prayer calls or whatever the case may be, calls. right? Where we are tapping into that community. And, and even if they're not older, they're just marginalized. Right. And yeah. just don't have the resources available. Um, so I've seen a lot of places do drive-by um, uh, like food pantries, drive by picking up for, for yep. food. Well, what if you don't have a car? So who can, how can the church get food to those places and to those individuals? Right. Well, so. like, I think you hit it on the head, like us getting back close to, man, this is what the church was built off of. Mm -hmm. You take 12 disciples who were scared, fearful, and then when their saviors killed and murdered, what happens if they end up changing the whole entire world? Yeah. Something powerful had to happen. Yeah. And obviously it was the spirit coming. And I think for us now in a trying time like this, we're going to have to say, man, are we going to do what we know to be true? Mm -hmm. And that's going to affect the world. Yeah. We Absolutely. can't sit back in the comfort of what we normally do. And, you know, when everything's all safe and good and think that that's going to change the world. Mm -hmm. So I think about even, what is it, Ecclesiastic pa uh, passage that says it's better to go into a house of mourning oh, than yeah. it is to a party. Yeah. I mean, the reality is when yeah. stuff is good and you comfortable, yeah. you ain't got to worry about nothing. Yeah. But now, eternity is on everybody's mind. Yeah, like, sure. You scared for yourself. You yeah. scared for your family. You scared for your finances. You scared for everything that you thought brought you security. Mm -hmm. And now you're like, man, what really matters? And now people start looking to the church. It's funny because generations, this, this, this most previous generation is like, well, do we really need to go to church? Mm -hmm. Now we're starting to see the church step up and say, man, we here loving on people. We're going to be the people going to those doorposts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're going to be the people helping out the people that's marginalized. And yeah. I think the, the key is as you are going about helping people in that way, we have to not minimize the fear. We have to not minimize the discomfort, the disappointment that people are probably sitting with. Yeah. Um, so when you said, you know, going to a house of mourning, can you sit and actually mourn with people, right? right? Before we go to start over-spiritualizing something, but yeah. like sit with people in yeah. their discomfort. Yeah. Um, ministry of presence is everything. Yeah, that's for right. Sure. Yeah. So um, in addition to, <laughs> to all yeah, these things, right? And I, and I think what, what both of you are hitting toward is so many people right now, churches are trying to figure out how do I package my big building church and my programs into a box and deliver it to somebody? That's, right. mm -hmm. that's, that's what they're trying to figure out. Yeah. And I'm saying, <laughs> why are we still trying to package yes. what we're doing here mm -hmm. versus just being a ministry of presence and just yeah. being the being church? The yeah. Why are we, we still think that, oh, we got to get them a sermon. We got to get them a devotion. We got to get them that. No, you don't. Well, yeah. You, I, I, some, of, some of it, I mean, you need, they need, they're going to need some encouragement. But if you have mobilized people mm -hmm. that are in close proximity of people where you don't have to necessarily travel as far from your house, yeah. but the people that are right in your neighborhood, yeah. be, be the church. The church the is church. not the building. Right. Well, so I think, I, and I, it's, this is actually a hard conversation. Yeah, it is. On the surface, it might not look like it, especially with our demographic in the room, right? Mm -hmm. But it's, it's so easy to see. I got a good friend. Uh, it's a student. Actually, his name is Benjamin Pasawa. You know, they got them KPs next to each other. Pasawa, only still don't even know how to say. But he moved here his sophomore year in high school from Sierra Leone, mm. uh, and he was in one of my programs. Um, and of course, you know, we would talk, we would connect, and uh, I, we actually was running one of the programs down at the Kelly School of Business mm -hmm. in downtown Indianapolis, and he lived over in uh, on Crawfordsville in the Speedway area. Um, and this dude would come at, early every day. And find, come to find out, this dude was waking up at about, the program started at 10, he was waking up at 6 in the morning, getting his clothes on, catching a couple of buses, 
and he was making his way downtown, so we was having a conversation, uh, and he was talking about, he would ask me questions that always came back to American culture. Mm -hmm. When it all boiled down to it, that's really what he was asking me questions mm -hmm. like, why do people here act like this and do this? And he was talking about going in and out of his apartment, and like the next door neighbors don't speak, and he would try to engage in conversation, and he was like, basically like they was putting him off. And like, even when I go out places, like when you walk up and say, excuse me, can you help me with something? You know, or whatever else, they would just kind of be like, hold on, back up, man, uh, I don't know, here, go. It was like, but he sensed this kind of American culture where it's, this is my space, mm -hmm. right? this is my area, this is my comfort, I don't really talk to people like that, right? And I'm guilty of the same thing, to keep it real. I'm an introvert by nature, but I think the idea of community has become the church, especially for black churches particularly. 100%. This is our community. The neighborhood, that's our neighborhood, right? But and sometimes, that that's not my community, though. Right. Exactly. So, mm -hmm. being unified, that's community. That's really where the word comes from, community. This is where I'm connected. Out there, I don't really mess with them people like that. I say hi, go on about your business, don't get too close to my yard or whatever. Because this situation is forcing us once again, what if a, a nuclear bomb, you know, we start talking about all this stuff, this puts us in that mindset to ask those questions. Mm -hmm a devastating something where the power grids is shut down, you know, you hear all these things. What's that going to do about, uh, as far as now engaging our neighbors? Yeah. And that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Right. Like we, we're looking at the church and we're like, okay, how can I put it in a box and throw it over the neighborhood that yeah. we're in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw it into that house and that house <laughs> other yeah. members yeah. so that they can continue to send resources back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. it's still, the mindset is it's still, the packaging, yeah. it's, it's like, let's and package it so my consumers it's who've been consuming it that's right. it's can, can get it versus Nah, like, just be where you are. Yeah. Now, here's a crazy thing. Like, when churches had that mindset, or even when Christians had that mindset, it's just me over here, I ain't worried about there, we miss a crazy opportunity. You oh, think man. about something as man. crazy as a, 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 a virus, this COVID-19, where people are scared about losing their lives. Mm -hmm. And we got this message of the gospel that says, this only, give you, this only only give you life in this life, but also the one to come Absolutely. if you trust and believe yeah, in this Jesus. Absolutely. Why not take that? Like, right. people looking for something to hope in. It was YOLO a couple years ago. Now it's like, well, hold on. If I only got <laughs> a, a couple more minutes to live, because yeah. COVID take me out. Like, yeah. where's my hope at? And so As that's Christians that's, to not take that to people? That's right. the scary thing piece wow. is because you talk about people with their hearts open yeah. full of it was the same situation after the yep. Kobe thing you know how many teens gave their life to Christ after mm -hmm. that yeah. and it's not like you guilting people or fearing people into yeah. but it's the reality it's the reality yeah, and people yeah. are questioning asking yeah. questions oh Kobe ain't even right. exempt boy you see yeah. boys KD them get it and that's the thing right because <laughs> like when Kobe died I was just like yo Kobe was probably one of the most decorated NBA players, yeah, man. Trophies, MVPs, uh, gold medals, money, <laughs> yeah. deals, all of that. And when he died that day in that crash, the man. only thing he took with him was his soul. That's it. Come on. Rest of that stuff is still here, man. Come and on, man. and so situations and moments like that cause us to reflect, like, yeah. man, is my soul in order? Is my spiritual life intact? Yeah. yeah. And the only way in which we believe that that can happen is through by the power of Jesus Christ. And so with those 100%. of us who, who believe that, yeah. we gotta be like the, uh, like the believers in Egypt. Put the blood over the doorpost. <laughs> Absolutely. So when your neighbor asks you, what, what's their blood talking Come about? On, man. Come it's on. the lamb. I'm covered. Come on. You know what I mean? Yes. 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 So what this virus has done has literally broken down the walls that divide us. And I think that's Because, what, yeah, yeah, because 
Man. Everybody is getting it. Yeah. yeah. KD is getting it. Right. Your money can't Other hide nations, you. Dudes in China is your getting it. Your influence can't you know hide you. Yeah. Your power can't your hide you. Your degrees can't hide you. Your neighborhood, your, yeah. skin, your skin color, yeah. none of that. No matter. But this, guess what? Jesus Christ, as the scriptures say, has, de has destroyed the walls that divide us yes, and created a, a community of One believers. Yes, sir. People, whether you are Jew or Gentile, black or white, male or female, rich or poor, all of us have been adopted yeah. into the household of faith. And so now, just like your physical family, you are obligated and have the responsibilities to look out for them. Yeah, man. We now have that same responsibility to look out for those who, mm -hmm. who, who we call neighbor yeah, in the community absolutely. as well. And as we continue to grow and mature, that is my, truly my prayer. Yeah. Is that while all these heart, people's hearts are open and people truly are ready for the gospel and ready yeah. to have their life translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light that we now don't get timid when the moment shows up, right? That's good. That now we true, our, our true boldness mm -hmm. rises up and say, okay, the harvest is ripe. Like the, the harvest is plenty and the laborers are few, you know? And so that I even pray that through these type of forms, it causes us to really say, man, how am I evangelized? You know what I mean? How, how am I comfortable talking about my faith? What does yeah. that even look like? Yeah. Um, and, and truly giving, get, having the discernment to recognize ripe fruit, right? Yeah. While we're giving out food and while we calling people on prayer calls and while we asking people when we are out getting gas or whatever we doing, you know, that the spirit really tugs at our hearts yeah. and say, like, however is your flow to do it, yeah. to invite Christ into the conversation and reveal him as the living word. That's all we got to sure. do is speak about him. He show up in, as the living word, right? right. Um, so, so that truly is fear holds you back. Right? Exactly. And so we, we talking about what this means, you know, for the church and the opportunities and the challenges that it presents for us as ministers of the gospel, as servants of God's people, as those of us who believe uh, in Jesus Christ. And so not only has this affected our church life and our ministries, but uh, COVID-19 and the reaction and all that's going on has affected families, right? And so now uh, kids are stuck at the, at the house where parents have, have uh, uh, now can add teacher to their resume. Oh, man. And uh, doing some homeschooling with the kids. And so you got husband and wives that are, that are yeah. now forced yeah. uh, into the home uh, <laughs> to be co-workers. So, hey, it's your job home. to educate your family again. <laughs> and so now, now the responsibility of the family has shifted yeah. and the mindset has shifted to now we can't just, yeah. now we just can't depend on the teacher. Now we just can't depend on the pastor and the preacher to pray for our family. Hmm. Now that responsibility has shifted for us uh, to not just teach our children and pray as a family and read scripture as a family, yeah. but even express love yeah. and, hmm. and be intentional about spending time with family. Um, and so as we, as we shift the conversation to the family life, what does this mean to you all as, as, hmm. as family? Hmm. Um, how have you checked on y'all family? Hmm. How are you showing love? How, how, how has your family been affected by all this? Yeah. I'm a new dad, so you know. Let's uh, go. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. <laughs> Welcome so, to um, the squad, man. It's, it's been fun, hey. though, man. I mean, it's, it's actually given us some, uh, some time to just reconnect, right? Mm -hmm. To actually have just time to rest and be, be a part of each other's lives. Like, we, we sat down for the first time and. This might have been the first time ever, but we put together like a 500-piece puzzle, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, but just just mm. the the serenity in that, sure. right? And then the conversations in that. And then even working together toward a common goal to figure out what pieces fit mm. and how that started, like, weaving into talks about our marriage and things mm. like that. Like, just mm. having moments to That's just dope. spend time. And we right. take for granted 
Yeah. Um, and I, I think I heard Jay, you say earlier, it's like God put us all on the sabbatical. Yes, yep. sir. Right. Yep. And uh, I mean, I think that's it's a beautiful thing for us to actually have an opportunity to rest and recharge. And I know if I had three and four kids at home that I had to help with homework, I probably wouldn't be saying this. Right. It's all peaceful for me. <laughs> but uh, but I know some others may have a different testimony. And uh, if, if that's the case, you know, please speak now. Forever with your feet. <laughs> but no, man, it's, it's been cool, man. It's been a good opportunity, a good moment. Yeah, so. That's for sure. Sure. I don't know who he was talking about. Me either. <laughs> no, but I, I can't truly say that. And I totally agree with you. We, you've said it in jest and we say it jokingly about God putting us all on sabbatical, but that has never been more real. Sure. Uh, and you know, here at the Star, we put in work, man. For sure. Like, we grind. Yeah. Um, and I was in a position where I was having to try to force in and fit in some family time. Mm. Then you start to get the conviction to say, no, I have to prioritize this. And you start trying to prioritize it and trying to, man, I haven't, I haven't gotten so much rest. Mm -hmm. And just relaxation and laughs. You, I, don't, I don't even think we, we forget how much, you know, the scripture talks about laughter being medicine to the soul. Mm -hmm. Just laughing at my crazy yep. kids, man, and being able to play some music, right? And seeing <laughs> baby girls, she running around acting crazy and dancing with them now, <laughs> getting all this stuff, having to go to the school and pick up all of their stuff and come home. And actually, they was holding, uh, I'm going to give the job name, Head Start was holding my, <laughs> Head Start was holding my wife uh -oh. hostage. She's a teacher, right? Oh, wow. And they was holding all of them, didn't even have no kids. Mm. They didn't have no kids at the school, but they was keeping all the teachers coming all day Monday and all day yesterday. And then finally, I'm calling all my buddies. I called Steve Jefferson. I called everybody. Mm. Said, "Hey, head start, <laughs> go go visit them." Um, but they finally let them out at least right now, as they sort through it for five days. And now I have my teach the teacher at home, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that hallelujah. right, hallelujah. <laughs> so I was at home doing conference calls and everything with all five of the kids yesterday. Woo! But I th you, you really hit it. Now, having, and, and young pops would say it to me all the time, we'd be out to lunch or something, and uh, Pastor Jeffrey Johnson, uh, senior, and he would say, no, it ain't the school's job to educate That's your right. kids. It's your job. That's, That's you right. and your wife's job to That's educate right. your kids. And now we're truly seeing the fruit of that. And it's refreshing, man. Yeah. It's refreshing see waking up and moving and seeing them do their work and helping them with stuff, man. It's So I, I totally agree with yeah. you. Seeing yeah. God do it this way, man, it's just, we couldn't have planned it. We couldn't have planned it. So it's funny. Like, our sister was talking about anxiety. Like, the craziest thing is probably the thing that brought me the most anxiety in this season was not COVID-19, but it was the fact that I <laughs> yeah, was going to be at home with the kids, but my wife is at work. <laughs> what you, you said she got 12-hour shifts, too, right? right? So my wife a nurse. Shout out to medical professionals. No, they can't but, work from home. Bro, they can't work from home. You still got to go. And I was thinking in my head, like, I'm about to be here with these two kids by myself. Yeah, I'm scared. Yeah, yeah. But, like, even just, like, man, seeing that as an opportunity for me to love on my kids and even just even just seeing my wife, who's part-time working, like, dang, she be killing it, like, like, have we got a newborn and a two-year-old, bro? That's yeah, a man. crazy combination. Yeah. So even just trying to engage with him, like playing Uno and stuff like this, right. man. So I feel like for the family structure, there's been two things. One, how can I love my family when yeah. I got more time with them? Mm -hmm. And even two, like my extended family too, man. Yeah, like, so, uh, whether they be actual by blood or just the, the household of faith. I think about my single brothers and sisters. Like, mm, I've been making good. sure to hit them Hello. up. Hello, thank you. Come on, though, like, for real. Yeah, for real. So, I mean, what's your perspective in this? Because, yeah, yeah as a single woman, like, mm -hmm. how do you how do you maintain yours? And how have you leaned on your family and friends in this in this time? Um, I'm an extrovert, yeah. like, on steroids. So, <laughs> right now I'm cool, but I think probably in another week or two, I'll probably right. be losing it. Yeah. Um, my, I have, I'm, it's four of us, 
Um, my sister, um, I've, she she's not off, so right. she's working. Um, but I'm between two boys, and my younger mm. brother, who uh, is in Colorado, he's been blowing my phone up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I love him dearly, um, and mm. he named it like, I think this is the most I've ever called you in a day's time, <laughs> um, because he's concerned. Sure. Um, I, I am single. I, I don't have any children. I don't have anything that needs to be fed or watered <laughs> but myself. Um, there's a reason you get for, some plants, for Hazel. <laughs> no, there's no. Listen, I'm not responsible enough. Yeah. Um, I can't be trusted. But um, the good thing for, I, I think the way that I cope with it is the profession that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm very careful not to let that override um, the fact that I am someone's sister. Right. I am someone's uh, aunt. Mm. I am someone's daughter. Yeah. I am someone's cousin. Sure. You know, what have you. So I try to hold some balance in that, but I get to help people who have families oh, navigate that's good. That's good. this as a marriage and family therapist, and I have to put out their yeah. intern. Yeah. Um, so I get to, they're my family. For sure. Um, I get to help them navigate what it's like to have their worlds turned upside down and create schedules and how to talk to their children about anxiety and mm-hmm. all that good stuff. And at the same time, I get to, I have more FaceTime, literally FaceTime, like yeah. my nieces and nephews. And yeah. um, it's really cool that like most of my nieces and nephews are, are teenagers and grown. Right. And yeah. to have my 16-year-old niece call me, um, mm. not to put all her business out there, but to call me the other day crying because of a heartbreak mm-hmm. and felt like the freedom to yeah, yeah, be yeah. able to talk to her aunt for hours and dope. just, That's you know. So those types, and if I was counseling at, at the center, I wouldn't have been able to take that call. Right. So those moments have been great. And I have some, real, my village is dope. I have uh, some married friends um, that are, and my church family here at Eastern Star, even at Common Ground, um, that have called and checked on me and, hey, you need anything? You got anything? Yeah, you you know, true. or what have you. So that's been been helpful. So I appreciate those who are checking on their single <laughs> friends <Yeah. laughs> because we out here and we're struggling at times. But I try to reshape it and and looking at family a little bit differently yeah, um, and sure. how I connect with them. And so, yeah. Jay, what yeah. about you, bro? Yeah, no, for sure. I think uh, as, as, as Jeff was saying, like this is a, an opportunity for us to lean on family and uh, and reach out to extended family, and uh, I feel guilty of that at times, <laughs> not reaching out to extended family yeah, as often as I should. Mm-hmm. Um, I got an older, uh, my grandmother, of course, is uh, is at the house, and my auntie is her primary caretaker, so I, you know, I got to do a better job of reaching out, making sure they straight. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, I got cousins, and they got a bunch of kids at the house, uh, so checking up on them, but um, you know, as Josh would say, for me in my house, mm-hmm. uh, I just feel like it's a great opportunity for us to kind of reconnect, man. Like you said, working at the church, it kind of gets you busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you kind of use it as an excuse. Like, man, I ain't got time to do yeah. this. I ain't got time for the family. But uh, God has forced us on a sabbatical. Yes, sir. And he's, yeah. forced, many, uh, he's forced many people to have some family therapy. Uh, and so, as I was saying earlier, like, uh, for, for people who may be having problems with their marriages or problems with their kids, like, yeah. God has forced us to confront and communicate about man. these issues. Yeah. And so, for me, I'm, I'm going to the house uh, the first day we had, you know, on Monday when we got got done here at the office and they said we working from home for however long. I got to the house and, I, in my mind, 
You know, I got my 10-year-old stepson. I got a seven-month-old baby and my wife. I'm like, yo, we ain't about to just be up in here playing Xbox <laughs> and watching yeah. movies all day. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's really sit down let's and reflect on what's going yes, on in our, in, our, in our world. So we opened, I opened up the Bible. I read Psalms 91. We prayed. Yes, sir. And kind of reflect on, like, this is yeah. what we're going to do with this time off. You're going to work on your schooling. We're going to do some work. Absolutely. We're going to sit down and play some games Absolutely. and, and yeah. watch some movies That's together right. and kind of be intentional about this family time. I think that's really important. I mean, I think so many, from what I've been seeing uh, in my context, so many people using this as time off. And while connecting with the family and being able to have fun is great and you should, um, it's important to have some structure. Oh, for sure. Um, sure. Definitely important for the kids and and for the adults. I mean, to keep their mental (laughs) together. Um, My heart goes out to those families with kids who are in toxic environments. Mm -hmm. So my fellow DCS workers, um, I, my heart is with y'all because they're not off. They're still out. Um, you know, the courts are still open, um, juvenile centers and and all of that, because the reality is, is that many of our kids in our community, um, don't have homes That's like right. what you all have described. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have loving parents right. like what you all have described that they can go go to and feel safe. And now they're forced to be at home right. with yeah. abusers yeah. and and or just people that are just not nurturing yeah. And, yeah. and neglectful. And so. Um, that's yeah. really, really problematic and hard. And so, yeah, and my heart goes out to the kids yeah. who depend on school for yes, food. For food, yeah, and absolutely. So, uh, you know, here at Eastern Star Church, of course, unfortunately, we had to close our care center down. Um, but we continue to give uh, resources and funds to yeah. those organizations that are looking out for the kids of IPS. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, like I have an auntie who's in a nursing home. And they stopped yeah. visitation yeah. like two yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So for those of us who have family members in nursing homes, we got to uh, make sure that we stay intentional about reaching yeah. out to them True. and making sure they're good. Um, but as we shift to the close, you know, we mm-hmm. talked about church and family. Uh, what are some kind of uh, some uh, some last words you would give uh, to, to the individuals out there who's trying to seek uh, what is God saying to them in this time? Not just with the church, not just with the family, but with individuals. Like yeah. there are those are people who are out there and maybe even some of us who mm-hmm. put some things on the back burner, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we said we're going to read however many books this year. We ain't, we ain't read but yeah. one chapter. We said we was going <laughs> to, you know, write a business plan, write a book or, yeah. you know, start a business, start a podcast. Like there are some things that we put on the yeah. back burner because we've used our busy schedules as an excuse. Mm-hmm. But now with this worldwide Sabbatical. Absolutely. Um, what are some people? What are some? What are some? Uh, some godly advice that you would give to people who are seeking God's voice uh, during this time? Well, I'll start and then I'll let these greats finish. Um, but what I've heard loud and clear is that God's saying that I'm in control. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The every it seems like every time, and it's not just me, other our pastor friends and other people that we've talked to, you try to make plans and then something <laughs> else come out the White House or something, and you try yeah. to recalibrate yeah. the plans and then something else come down and it was just a constant state Ooh. and pretty soon you just like, bro, wait a minute. <laughs> right? But and, but through it, that's what I've seen more clearly than ever. I'm God, I'm in control, 
and yes, you're going to have to trust me moment by moment. My mama. And I, I really just sense that, uh, I mean, because we haven't talked about some of the other areas that have been affected. Like you talk about um, graduations. Jobs, you know, graduation. talk about Don't all these people started. that are coming home. I know, I know. That's we got people that are about episode. to walk, right, <laughs> walking through to get degrees. You got people that are, you know, about to graduate, trying to graduate. Yeah. They won't be able to walk across the stage. Yeah. You got people who are coming home from college and not getting to finish out their first semesters or whatever <laughs> else. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I, it's just it's, you hear this calling of people to come back to the center, mm-hmm. really get close Absolutely. to the heart of the Father, and say, "Okay, God, I'm listening. It's that's quiet. Right. It's I'm still. I'm at home." And open their hearts up. And I think that's where God will start to speak to our hearts. The Holy Spirit was saying that. Remember that that book I've been putting on your heart. You know, right. those other things. Remember, you said you wanted more time with your family. Mm-hmm. Here's more time with your family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, that is my prayer, um, and that's my encouragement, really, to people is to take the time to be quiet and be still, to get with your family, to do the home devotionals, and mm-hmm. to really cut through the discomfort of uh, or yeah the discomfort of the discomfort mm-hmm. and say lord how can i be a better shepherd of my family and my good. household or whatever so that's my prayer yeah um similar to to what you're saying uh pastor p is for me what i have intentionally been doing and what i do believe and hope that others will do is one focus on what you can control right yeah know that God is in control of this thing. Mm-hmm. It's a shock to all of us, but that's it ain't right. a shock to God. Yeah, that's right. So none of this is a shocker to, to God. And I love the message um, earlier today through Pastor Johnson Sr. in that um, God is with you in mm-hmm. the, he's, he's present with you yeah, in this. That's right. Uh, you will shaking. survive through this, this struggle. And so, but we got to shift our thinking. So I, w- I have been very um, conscious of what my feelings are, what my emotions are, sitting with that, mm. allowing myself to feel those things. Yeah. Journal it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, use a voice recorder to get it out. Yeah. Mm. And then you have to challenge those thoughts. Ch- replace and reframe your thinking. You use it with the word of God That's or right. other affirmations or encouragement or what have you. And then get quiet. Find, this is a perfect time to... I th- like you said, many people have been talking, man, if I had more time, if I have, you have time now. You have time to yeah. rest. You have time to reflect. No more and do- No more excuses. Do that. And when God starts to speak, do it scared. Amen. Whatever it is that God mm. is leading you to do, do it scared mm. and do it with the resources that you have Amen. around you because everything else is going to be provided. You have to trust on that. So this is a time to put your faith and, and your trust in God to the test. Um, and, and just do whatever you're being led to do, scared. <laughs> fear may not go anywhere, but courage is what we use to put fear into submission. And so um, my thing is, is keep a daily schedule, stay active, and be present. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Cool. Um, you know, I would say... Um, Back in October, uh, we started a, we do a journey series at Crosspoint every year. Um, it's about a six-week journey. This past year, what we did, uh, the, the name of the, the journey was called Reboot. Mm. And it's funny it was called Reboot, but we were rebooting our assumptions about Jesus. Yeah. Um, and in that, in that series, I mean, we were, we were taking the opportunity to think about all of the things that we thought about Jesus, thought about God, thought about church. And we basically just tried to hit the reboot button and start fresh right. um, and allow the moment and the time to really speak to um, who, who has Jesus been to you? 
Mm-hmm. And so if I'm saying anything to anybody, I'm saying this is an opportunity for you to reboot your assumptions That's about good. faith, yeah, reboot man. your assumptions about the church, reboot your assumptions about who Jesus is, and allow this moment Absolutely. to be a testament that God is in control, mm-hmm. yeah. one. And two, um, he creates these platforms that he ultimately does his greatest work on. That's yes. right. So sit back, watch, and allow God to reboot those mm-hmm. things. And then personally, um, I probably hadn't thought about that until today. And I thank you for that question. Um, I really need to finish this book. Yeah. I started this book like two years ago, and the name of the book was The Church of the Future. Mm-hmm. And right now, we're in a mode we're where, in it. We're in it. where yeah, we need that book. God has mm-hmm. a way of pushing us Don't right you love it when he does that? Oh, man, yeah. I feel like it's putting it in my pocket. <laughs> oh, quicken it, Reverend. So, um, quicken it. Yeah, man, I, I think today, man, that's, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take this time and really, yeah. Amen. Um, yeah. while rebooting other things, I'm going to finish this book because I, I know that it's, uh, it'll be, it's time for it. Yeah, Amen. Amen. What about you, Jeff? Man, I would say personally something I've had, to, I've had to remind myself, and I'll probably encourage y'all as well, trust in the promises of God. And mm-hmm. I think this is what everybody else is saying. Mm-hmm. One, specifically, is trust in the sovereignty of God. Yeah, man. It's that Romans 8. You know, for yes, those sir. who love God, all, all things work together Absolutely. for the good Absolutely. Yeah. to make you look more like Jesus, mm-hmm. to conform you to his son's image. Yeah. So looking at something like a corona scare or this virus that's hitting everything around us, what is God trying to make you look more like Jesus in? Mm. My Lord. If you were trying to run away from your family, use work as an excuse not to pour mm. in and Man. love your wife who's getting on your nerves, or your husband who's getting on your nerves, That's or be good. with them bad kids that you feel like won't sit down. Yeah. God trying to make you look more like Jesus in this situation. Yeah, so I, I know I've had to ask myself this, like, man, what is God trying to make me look more like Jesus mm-hmm. in? And I would encourage you, as you got way more time than you've had to pride your whole life as you've been mm-hmm. busy, Use this time to look at, man, what, what can I look more like Jesus in? Right. Is it patience? Is it grace? Is it love? Absolutely. Is it, well, you know what? I had to think about my neighbors. Now I need to learn how to love my neighbors yeah. like mm-hmm. Jesus. And it's me stepping outside of my comfort. Um, so don't let fear rule you, but That's let the promise good, of God that all these things are going to make you look more like Jesus Absolutely. rule your hearts. Yeah, man. So I, I, would, I would encourage uh, all the listeners out there to, uh, to hide this in your heart and mm-hmm. uh, just really sit and reflect on what is God saying to you at this time? As you know, our pastor talked about um, in, in the book of Haggai where God shook up the heavens and the earth. Yeah. And yeah. God shakes us to get something of value out of us. Mm-hmm. And God has a better husband in you, a better wife in you, a better friend in you, a better neighbor in you, mm-hmm. a better Christian in you. Right. And so God will use these moments in the earth to pull out of us what he put in us to express. And because we don't do it on our own, God has a way of forcing it out of us. And so I I truly believe that God is going to pull some better ministries out of this, some better preachers out of this, some better leaders out of this. I believe that God is going to pull some some better marriages, some better parents, some stronger family members, friends out of this, communities out of this. And, uh, And I just truly believe that when we take this time on this sabbatical <laughs> and uh, truly reflect on what God is doing, uh, God has a way of working everything out for the good. I heard a preacher say that if it ain't good yet, that means God is still working <laughs> because God works everything out for the good. And so I encourage you to get back on that prayer life. I know for me, I've been slipping in that 
a lot of my uh, reading of the scriptures have been dedicated to sermon Prayer prep sermon. and lessons and all these yeah, things. And so yep. <laughs> I've been asking God, like, yo, I know I need to get back to it, but yes, I've just bro. been so busy Absolutely. on the on everyday, day to day, getting up early, taking little man to daycare, trying to, to work on time and all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, bro. And, and so God had to shut everything down. Yes. Uh, yeah. I know for myself personally to get back to this devotional life and Thank shift you, my Father. focus. Yeah, and yeah. so um, if that's you, I encourage you to do the same thing. Yeah. Get back no. to their prayer life. As Hazel said, get back to that writing, that journaling. Yes, Find you a Bible plan that you can get uh, down deep in. Find you a book to read that can grow you, mature you, yes. and your spiritual journey. And yeah. as the scriptures say, if my people who are called by my name shall yes. humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I'm going to hear from heaven and heal your land. And if we pray to God, God would definitely hear us and uh, heal our family, our churches in this in this nation. So Amen. I appreciate y'all watching. I appreciate my family for coming on. I uh, appreciate y'all time you. and y'all insight. And uh, this definitely won't be the last time y'all hear from us. We got a lot of time on our hands. Amen. <laughs> we want to make sure that we stay productive uh, because God gets busy in the dark and I just can't wait to see what God is going to produce and create uh, in this age in the midst of this darkness. We praying for y'all. hope y'all praying for us. We love y'all. God bless. Peace. Be well. We probably could have plugged that Facebook, Instagram, oh, yeah, that's oh, right. YouTube, yeah. and all that stuff too. Oh, let we, me we this. chop this and edit. Let me do the. Let me do the Stephen A. Put the camera on me. <laughs> Put, the Put the camera, camera on, on me. me. Put the camera right here on me. Listen. <laughs> follow Eastern Star Church on Instagram. Yeah. On Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube Subscribe. channel because we got a lot of content that we're going to push out during this time, yeah. and we want to make sure that you not only get. Uh, a word from a message and communication from our pastor. Yeah. But we want to make sure that you get a word from the Lord when you need it and yeah. at the time that you need it. And make sure you click the bell too after you subscribe so that you can see anything else we post. You'll know exactly when we posted it so you can get this food with all this birds. Come on, notifications. And we can go on and keep this thing moving, man. So it's going to be a beautiful time. Let's do it. <laughs> we not on site, but we online. <laughs> That's him. That's the guy. God bless you. God bless. <laughs> Yes, we're being shaken, but because of the presence of the Lord, we can thrive even in these difficult times that we find ourselves in. Faith is going to push out that fear, and you don't have to have fear because you have the Spirit of God. You got the power to help you to make it through this crisis.